Merry Christmas and welcome to the All Black Station. Hi, I'm Paul, the guy behind Driving More, your best place road predictions and opinion. Today, I'll be looking back over 2019, um, but mainly, in all honesty, looking at some of the recent news and stuff that's come out about the All Blacks. Yes, it's the off-season, but um, there's plenty of stuff still um, going on. First up, yes, we've reached the, or we're reaching the end of the decade, or everyone seems to be thinking that, because, hey, we're getting players of the decade, teams of the decade, all of that kind of stuff going on. I'm not going to do that, but uh, not much of a surprise, really, I guess, with Dan Carter being named player of the decade. Uh, obviously, Richard McCaw would have been another choice in there, but uh, Dan Carter did all the fancy stuff that people liked, and hence that's why uh, he got um, chosen, I guess. Fantastic player, probably the best fly half of all time, so I've got no uh, complaints with that choice. Um, let's be honest. Other stuff going on? Well, Ben Smith. Well, welcome to France. Hey, Ben. Uh, first game for Powell, and you go and get yourself red-carded early in the game for leading with the elbow uh, into a tackle. I know some people have in New Zealand gone, oh, what? That's nothing. Shouldn't be, uh, shouldn't be, uh, that's just normal play. Well, sorry, folks. You can't put your arm away from your body or away from the ball uh, and uh, basically contact with someone near the head anymore. That's all over, folks. Uh, you have to use your hand. You can't be leading with the forearm or the elbow and make contact with uh, the player's head. It's something we've seen at the Rugby World Cup, and it's just going to get more and more strict. So, unsurprising. See, unsurprising there. I, I get the call. Was it a big, big, big incident? Was he? Was it malicious? Probably not. But still, red card was the right call. And uh, yeah, Ben Smith gets to um, sit out a couple of weeks before he uh, plays his second game for Powell. So. A bit of a learning there for him. Other big news of the week. Brad Moore has been announced as the final piece of Ian Foster's coaching setup. Not a big surprise there, really. He'll be joining them after the Pro 14 season. So, obviously, won't be working with the Super Rugby sides during the season like the other people like Plumtree and McLeod, etc. Uh, Feek can do. He will obviously be joining them later, just before the July international uh, tests. Uh, so, uh, let's be honest, getting the right person in for that group is more important than getting someone in straight away. Uh, there's no real rush. Uh, let's be honest, this is putting his coaching team together for the next World Cup, even if they have only been given a two-year contract. And boy, they do have a bunch of work to do. Because uh, if we look back at 2019, it wasn't a great year for the All Blacks. Now, for just about any other team, these stats are going to look pretty good. Eight wins, one draw, two losses, third in the Rugby Championship. Okay, that's not so great. Um, and third at the Rugby World Cup. That's not bad at all. Bronze medal, all of that kind of stuff. So, yes, a decent um, result. But lo losing or drawing three games, yeah, that's not. Uh, that happened two years ago where they lost to Australia, the British and Irish Lions, and drew with British and Irish Lions. But you'd have to go a long way back before you get that kind of result um, again. Uh, and this Rugby World Cup cycle the, uh, that's just finished, the All Blacks have lost more games than their previous ones. Their dominance isn't quite there, uh, that's for certain. So, look, yeah, there is, to get them back at the top of the pile in that kind of way, uh, you've got to say there is work to be done. So getting that right coaching team together, uh, is is important. Now, yeah, I made comments about the coaching team last week and about the diversity of it and all that kind of stuff, so I'm not going to go into that again. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see whether they can do it 
or not um, losing a lot of players, uh, which has been talked about for years, but losing players now in the middle or early in their um, careers rather than just at the end of their careers. So, yeah, it, it is. there's a big ask there for, for New Zealand rugby and a lot for them um, to be working on domestically, even though the CEOs come out and talked a lot about the international stuff uh, and, were, and sort of expanding the world game globally. He also needs to look closer at home as well, I think, um, for that side of things. The uh, If you enjoy this stuff, by the way, don't forget to subscribe down below. Um, and also, get your bell on. Yes, um, I'm based out of Hamilton. It's coming to you from the Waikato. And so, hey, a good old Waikato cowbell there for you. So, yeah, get the bell on uh, so you get notified of all of the shows um, as they come out. Uh, once we get over the festive period, this show will be going back to being live at 8pm every Wednesday. Um, we'll see comments in, I'll react to, and just we'll talk about those. Uh, but until then, we have recorded shows at 8pm every Wednesday instead. So thank you so much for listening all this year, by the way. I uh, hope you have a good Merry Christmas uh, with family, friends, eat too much, uh, and uh, then work it all off in the new year. Now, talking of... Uh, changes in global rugby and working things off. The Sevens. Now, there's a new Sevens program, uh, or there's a new changes to the Sevens program this year. They've got the same sort of stops and things, but the format of the individual tournaments has changed. In the first two, in Dubai and um, South Africa, uh, Cape Town, I think it was in South Africa, um, they've had a three-day tournament, men's and women's. And the way that they've managed to fit that in is they've ended up just having quarterfinals for the cup competition, not for the plate in the bowl. Uh, so just kind of so a lot of teams have had one game on that uh, second day of competition or third day, which where you look at it. Now for the uh, Hamilton Sevens and the Sydney Sevens, uh, the next two stops they're going to be over two days, not over three days. Now to fit that in, what that means is there's no quarterfinals at all. Just the top of each pool is going to go into a semi-final. Um, and then the final, and everyone else just get one game. So everyone's like, what's the point of this? We can see they've done uh, male and female competitions in the same place before. Why are they having to change the format this time? Well, the reason they haven't changed the format this time is they're trying to get down to two days on one pitch. Uh, and that's been their big kind of driving goal, is how do we get uh, the, the tournament down to just one pitch and just two days? Now, is that really something that they need to do? Can they, uh, I mean, a lot of these places have a second pitch that can be used. Now, quite a few places might use that second pitch for uh, sort of food tents and all of that kind of stuff and all the sort of razzmatazz and the festival that goes around um, the rugby. But uh, if we think about the here in Hamilton, I can think of at least five um, pitches that are around FMG Stadium that you could cordon off and have, uh, have have games going on on that second pitch. Now, would there be big stands to watch the games from there? No, there wouldn't. But you could move certain games over to those those pitches. Uh, and uh, for, um, say, your plate and your bowl uh, quarterfinals or semifinals, um, the, rather than having them on the main pitch. So, personally, uh, I think they've gone the wrong way about this. I understand why they're trying to force it onto one pitch. Um, but I think they're better, they'll be better off uh, actually using two pitches and having more games um, because a lot of the teams here are going to have a lot less games uh, now. And that's when you think they've only got eight stops in a year. 
Uh, plus the Olympics obviously coming up, but with only eight stops in a season. Sorry, because obviously it spans over Christmas over, over two years. Um, but uh, the then it is a bit of a problem, and the, the guys do need game time uh, at these stops. So yeah, I think it's important that they have those uh, that they, that actually they get more games in and perhaps try and use more pitches rather than just try and cram it all into one pitch. Take a kind of Wimbledon, Ronan Garris kind of tennis approach to it where you have people on the main court and the outer courts um, and do it like that. In Las Vegas, when they were running the USA Sevens, for example, they would run uh, sort of college Sevens and other tournaments alongside the main tournament, uh, which and hence they had outer pitches for those sort of games. And that, got, that, that drew a lot of other people to the crowd sort of um, as, as players who would then watch the, obviously the professionals as well. So I think yeah, there's definitely a room for that. And that is a better a better direction to go in. But hey, um, that's not the way that uh, World Rugby is kind of looking at it and trying to fit things in. So that's the main kind of news around playing style of this. Obviously, we've got all the Christmas songs from teams and we've got team players saying oh, what's their favourite Christmas food and all that kind of stuff from the digital media people. Um, and I do want to have a quick chat about the digital media side of things. This is an infographic that I've taken off LinkedIn, where the head of digital uh, posted this and was saying how wonderful a job they had basically been doing. Now, he's been in that job for 15 years now, um, according to LinkedIn. And uh, you've got to say, the digital landscape has changed somewhat in those 15 years. So you do wonder, is it time to freshen things up? Now, look, some people do uh, learn on the job and get better at what they're doing. Other people go stale. Uh, and get out of date. And uh, yeah, it's uh, 15 years in the same job is, wow, that's um, something special. But let's have a look at some of these numbers and uh, go, wow, what big numbers they are. Look at that. Impressions, like over half a million, sorry, over 500 million impressions. They've got a 1.8 million followers or uh, audience in New Zealand. Uh, there's only four and a half million people here. Um, a couple of million in Japan, uh, getting towards a sort of 900,000 there in the UK as well. Total reach, 114 million people they've reached. Wow, doesn't that sound amazing? Um, and a total engagement of 41.5 million. Now, the problem here is that he's adding up a whole bunch of apples and oranges and saying they're the same thing. Okay, this is a big problem. Uh, this is a really good example of vanity metrics. Okay. Uh, and if he's being judged on these metrics, then basically they're doing something really wrong at New Zealand Rugby in their digital department. Okay. Uh, now, why? What does that mean and why? Impressions. An impression on Twitter is someone uh, having a tweet displayed in their feed and then scrolling past it. That's an impression. Doesn't mean they've actually spent more than even a, it doesn't even mean they've spent a second looking at it. Whereas um, impressions in YouTube will be views. So actually someone's clicked on it and viewed a video. Um, again, engagement. Engagement on YouTube will again mean they've either clicked like or they've um, put in a comment. Engagement on Twitter, remind you, on, uh, can, can be, again, can just be clicking like, can be a comment, can be looking at, a, at an image. But the what that engagement won't include is if someone sits there and watches a whole video and doesn't click or doesn't say anything. Now, that's much more important in some ways than actually the engagement. Um, 
uh, and what is engagement? Is clicking like really engagement? Um, is clicking on the photos because, hey, you're, in, you're on a small screen, you want to see it a bit bigger. Uh, is that really engagement, just trying to get a proper view of a photo, for example, and going, hey, that's crap, and moving on? So uh, whilst these numbers are nice, um, they're nice and big, they're bigger than my numbers, let's be honest, uh, <laughs> but they should be. Uh, these, uh, um, and yes, it does show that they are reaching a lot of people. I say there's a lot of vanity in this. What is it? What are they actually trying to drive? What are they actually trying to achieve with their digital media? Are they trying to achieve shirt sales? Are they trying to achieve um, people turning up at games? They'll go, oh, we're trying to achieve brand recognition and all of that kind of stuff. And to a certain degree, that again is important um, and can be kind of measured. Um, but uh, so it's not a total vanity metric in the same way as these are. Uh, it's still. Uh, what are you actually getting out of that brand recognition? Now, the All Blacks brand is an, uh, is a very strong brand and brand recognition is important for them. Don't get me wrong. Um, but even so, I think you've got to say that there's that they need to be, hopefully, behind closed doors. These numbers are not taken too seriously uh, and that they're drilling down and getting some other numbers and other, other stats that are much more important. If these numbers are being taken seriously, um, and when you're a nice infographic like this, um, it, it suggests they are, then I'd be worried, in all honesty, as to the future of the All Blacks digital team and what they're, what they're actually going to achieve, um, to be honest. I don't, this doesn't um, uh, say, so yeah, these are nice marketing things and fluff um, at the end of the day. They probably disagree. Um, and uh, so, um, but they, yeah, that's my, my opinion on that side of things. Just a short one here on Christmas Day for you. Um, there's, uh, with, with the, the All Blacks edition, those are the key things. Um, I guess looking back, we should also talk about some of the some, well, some of the good things obviously with, with the All Blacks, um, bringing through new players like Bridge and Reese. but perhaps in the end, that showed uh, in that inexperience when he came to the came to the crunch of the Rugby World Cup that they brought through some plats. It was great to see these new these players coming through, but did the All Blacks not quite get their planning right as giving experience to that backline? It was a very young backline in the end. Obviously, injuries and stuff didn't help them at various times in good hue missing sort of games in 28, 2018 uh, that they would have liked him to have played when he was injured and getting combinations there. But even so, yeah, it was a very young backline if you think about it um, that they put out in the end. So that's... Um, the, when you got sort of like, uh, obviously Aaron Smith, lots of experience. Richard Moanga, not so much, but he's got some. Uh, then you had Goodyear and Anson Leonard Brown, two new guys at this level. You had Reese and Bridge out wide, two, yeah, two very inexperienced guys at international level. I mean, even at super level, as far as Reese is concerned. Um, and then Bowden Barrett at the back. So you only had really two players there, Bowden Barrett and Aaron Smith, who had experience. And you had these four of the guys, or five of the guys, um, who were really inexperienced in there. So um, double-edged sword there. Really cool to see those guys come through, uh, but um, perhaps uh, perhaps in the, the, the wrong time. The way the All Blacks bounced back from that loss in Perth uh, to uh, to beat the Wallabies at Eden Park, that was reminiscent and gave everyone a lot, of, a lot of hope, I think, as to that the All Blacks were on track and everything was going swimmingly. Coming third in the rugby championship was not great. I know Historically, winning it has not been a good indicator of winning the Rugby World Cup. But third, losing and drawing at home, drawing to South Africa, 
after losing South Africa last year at Wellington. Yeah, that was they really needed to win that game, but they didn't manage to um, put it away. So um, more of a disappointing than Goodyear, let's be honest. Uh, the I think what we saw at the Rugby World Cup is teams struggled to get up for two big games. Uh, and the draw basically went against the All Blacks there. Um, obviously, they got up for that Ireland game. That was a massive game for them. They seemed to beat them twice in the Rugby World Cup cycle. Uh, they were always going to be on point for that game. A bit like France at the quarterfinals in 2015. Um, again, quarterfinal against France um, in Cardiff with with Barnes. I think it was Barnes again, wasn't it? Um, refereeing. There was no way after what had happened with that combination before that that would, that would not be a big game for the All Blacks. Did they get up for the South again the next weekend? They look. They won the game, but it wasn't as massively convincing as. Perhaps you'd been, you might have expected. Again, could the All Blacks actually really lift themselves up to the same heights two weekends on the trot? Um, and I think that's what happened to both the All Blacks and to England as well in this. So South Africa got a much easier path to the final. Didn't have to have that emotional uh, investment in a single game on the way there that the other two did. So um, at the end of the day, they only lost two games this year. That's still a very good record. But... Um, not so great, as I say, uh, historically um, speaking. So there you go. That's my kind of thoughts on the whole All Blacks um, for this week. I'll be back next week um, on Wednesday night at 8pm with another All Blacks show. Probably be another quite quick one um, with New Year and all of that sort of stuff going on. So probably not much news to talk about next weekend. But um, hope you have a fantastic Christmas. Um, eat too much good food and burn it off later. Uh, obviously, as you all know, you can support the channel down below. There's a link there to patreon.com forward slash driving more. Gives you access to exclusive videos and articles, as well as um, what's the word I'm looking for? Gone blank. Priority access to my uh, prediction pieces, um, all there on, on drivingmore.com. Um, so go check all of them. Check all of that out, please. Thank you so much for watching uh, this year. It's been great. Always love your comments uh, and interacting with you guys. So Thank you, everybody, and uh, have a great Christmas.